0: forever.
1: Hey,
0: good afternoon. Welcome to SWAT Radio. Brad Sykes alongside my good friend Doug McCary coming to you on Wednesday, August 16th. And uh, man, Doug, good to have you back in studio. Good um, good to be here i know you had a busy day yesterday
1: i did but, uh,
0: uh you've you've been there
1: uh as well uh yes. i just all i'll say is everything checked out good good and uh, <clears throat> i'm glad to uh, be done
0: isn't it funny that our our ages you know you start having to see the doctor a little bit more often and have <clears throat>
1: checks that uh well that let's just say are very humbling <laughs> To say the least. That's all. We <laughs> yeah. don't want to give too much information. Yes, but, exactly. But, right. uh, I, hey, I uh, just want to give a shout-out oh, to uh, – the the & Groover is a great facility. They those really people are. people there, yeah. you know, really, really do a good job, and I was very thankful for uh, what they did. You know, uh, just the way they did it, the way they handled it. They're just so uh, – they were so compassionate, so good about everything – And, um, I had a a new doctor, Dr. Westerveld. He was awesome. I mean, like, you know, uh, you and I grew up like when we were younger, it was hard to find doctors sometimes with a good bedside manner. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they were just very, they come in very matter of fact, tell you what you got to do or what's going on. But I want to tell you there, there's a doctor here in town named Dr. Adam Demetroff Who's at uh, Jack's Beach? He's at Baptist Beaches. He he is probably one of the best family practice doctors <clears throat> I've ever met in my life. I mean like, hmm. I have seen him go above and beyond in not just um, handling a call like you you have an emergency or something, but just the way he cares. Um it, it's so over the top. I told him he's the best and I don't mind saying that about <clears throat> sure. it because um I've experienced it. You yep. know it's like anything yep. you experience something you want to tell people about it if it's good. So his name's Dr. Adam Demetrov. I don't even know if he's taking new patients, but he is phenomenal and and great. And then Dr. Westerveld is uh, I think a fairly new doctor at Borland Groover, but he i told him you have an amazing bedside manner and that's just so comforting when you're going in people are sticking stuff <clears throat> in your body and stuff yeah. you know i mean like it was good so uh he was really good
0: so um which honestly is uh, I, you say it you know we didn't have that years ago i think it's less um uh, <clears throat> i think it's not normal these days to yes. have a a doctor like that
1: with a lot of good bedside manner well because
0: so many of the um so many of the doctors have been bought out by the big hospitals well that's true and the hospitals want to crank you in and out get you in and out and uh you know the first thing to go is that you know just interaction you have with your doctor so good uh good uh good good uh, I guess I'd call it a promotion maybe. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, it it's well, it's, it's, well, it's it, it was it was good to experience and again, I I had a, you know, I had, I don't mind sharing. I had an endoscope and a colonoscopy and by the way, you know, one of the things is that um, they're recommending now that you get a colonoscopy after 40. I was talking to a friend really? of mine, yeah. yeah, I was talking mm-hmm. to a friend earlier who said uh one of his friends got colon cancer at 39 um and and passed away in his 40s, you know, mm. and so they if they catch it early they can they can go in of course mm-hmm. we know God is sovereign over everything, but he also gives us wisdom and yeah. some people you know yeah. if you go in I, I mean obviously the doctors don't know when you're going to live or when they're human just like anybody God's in control of that but if they've been able to uh, ascertain that, you know this is a good time period to check this out, um, then you probably ought to go check it out.
0: Well, a very, very good friend of mine who's in his forties um, is battling stage four colon cancer and it has moved to other organs and uh, that was his recommendation to people <laughs> get that get that test done early, yeah. Yeah, uh, you, you need to.
1: So anyway, I, I got mine. I had one little poll up. They said, you're fine. Uh, we'll get a check on it, and uh, but uh, probably be fine. So, uh, hey, I, I have gotten a couple of questions um, uh, from listeners about The Chosen because we've had Dallas Jenkins on a couple of times, and uh, I know that uh, one of our good friends, Vody Bachum. uh says he will not watch it. He personally believes it violates the second commandment of making an image out of God.
0: Mm-hmm. I've heard him say that.
1: Um, I probably would differ from him a little bit in love. I, I, I love Vody. I really have a lot of respect for him. Um, but uh, I, if that's true, then every painting... Every painting that demonstrates God or somebody's perception <clears throat> of the power of God, right, uh, displayed Jesus or their appearance of Jesus, uh, a miracle where they're showing him, whatever. Every, um, for that matter, uh, because the argument is well, they're you know they're they're presenting an image. Where I would disagree is. Jesus was God in the flesh who limited himself by his own volition to a human body. And when he limited himself, even though he was fully God, he set aside his omnipotence. Mm. He set aside his omniscience. He was totally dependent on the Holy Spirit when he was on the earth. There's scriptures in there. If that's not true, then why would it say he grew in wisdom and stature? If he had all knowledge, right. <laughs> he wouldn't have to grow. <clears throat> right. But he limited himself in a human body, even though he was fully God. He set aside all those uh, divine powers to walk as a human. And it says the Holy Spirit came upon him when it is baptism. That's right. right. And so, uh, But even then, he limited himself by choice. There are places where it says he could do no miracles because of their what? Unbelief. Well, he could do miracles wherever he wanted as God. But in his human form, he set aside that power. So if, if they are in a movie or a TV show or a painting depicting the human Jesus even though he's fully God, what's different than that in Josephus writing about
0: him? Exactly. You know what I'm saying? What, like what about uh, what about Jesus at the Lord's Supper? Uh, you know, I mean that's a very famous painting. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just that. well. Well, here's the thing:
1: when we had Dallas on, he said his goal in creating he he watched a lot of television you know during covid and he he said or before i mean he just was binge watching some different programs and he says why can't we binge watch something about the life of christ (laughs) and his goal was to basically drive people to want to know jesus better and want to know his word to go to the Scriptures, and so he what he said on the program is he took the gospel accounts and he tried to add what he calls plausible backstory pieces <clears throat> to it. Not that he's, he's, not, he's never once said it's Scripture, but but he's saying this is what the culture was like. This is what might have happened in this time, showing a program about the life of Jesus during that time, including stories from the Bible that we know are factual, along with plausible things that might have been going on in that culture at the time. Mm-hmm. But the whole point of it was for people to see the the Bible characters, including Jesus, in the humanity that they were. You know, so often when we see Peter or we see them, we hold them up or we think about them in ways that we that we, we don't identify with them. Yeah. And so, uh, but, you know, he, and he's admitted, you know, when we, we conflated some of these stories together that were in different parts because we're limited in the time that we have to share it. Um, uh, They've inserted some different characters in there and, you know, storylines that obviously are not in the Bible, but that's that plausible backstory stuff that they're trying to, to fill in. And none of it. I feel like is dishonoring to the Lord. I have not seen anything on there that I go, wow, that's blasphemous. Yeah, I agree. Um, um so like one person said, you know, they, they struggle with the fact that he made Matthew autistic. Well, there's nothing in the Bible that says he did, but
0: there's nothing that says he didn't. You gotta take some liberty if you're gonna be creative. But, but you
1: know what I'm saying? Like <clears throat> so um, but he always disclaims This is not Scripture, what we're putting out. We're putting out a television program, a show, to try to drive people to the Bible. We use the Bible as inspiration to write what we write, and we want to tell the story of Jesus and get His out to many as people. Um, So, you know, I I don't know. Um, People... There's, there's some people that have problems with it, and that's fine. Listen, if you have a problem with it, I would say don't watch it. If you're convicted, mm-hmm. just like voting my friend, don't watch it. And I have all the respect in the world for you. If you feel like it violates something, then don't watch it. But we have to be careful not to make our theology or our conviction somebody else's theology. Amen. So Yeah,
0: amen to that. Well, um, that's interesting. I'd seen that maybe a month or two ago. Kind of his position on it. I didn't read deeply into it, but I think you you kind of shed some light on the reality. Is there's there's a lot of a lot of images that have been portrayed. Uh, I Can't help but think of uh, Charlton Heston's what you know, the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember that, Doug?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah yeah I mean, like, well, and they portray quote, God's voice in the bush, right? yeah, exactly. I mean, but what about the Passion of the Christ right? Oh, what yeah. about what about even Campus Crusades movie about the life of Jesus? Mm-hmm. Any of those, if you discount one, you got to discount them all.
0: Well, and I think, in light of what we've been working through with this book, I, I think some of those are more effective tools than some of what's preached in the pulpit today. yeah, uh, I, I hate to say. Yeah, so um,
1: I, I, I again, um, w- to the listeners that have wrote in questions or have questions, my encouragement is to you is is pray about it, and you know, Paul when he wrote the Romans, he said, listen, each should be fully convinced in their own mind about what what you know what, what is sin for you. Um, there are some areas that people may disagree on and and they may have a conviction and that conviction, uh, if it's if, if you're convicted that you should not watch it, do not watch it. Um, but be careful to project your conviction onto somebody else. For instance, I'll give you a perfect example, like drinking alcohol in and of itself is not a sin. It is for me. Yeah. Because I'm convicted not to do it.
0: Right. right. But
1: for me to convict you not to do it based upon my convictions would be legalism and wrong.
0: Right. Right. And there's a lot of areas we could go down yes. that road on. Yes. Well, listen, uh, we'll stop there. We'll, we're going to take a quick break. Glad you tuned in today. If you want to call in, you know we'd love to hear from you. 844 777 7928. I'm sure there's some folks out there who may have some comments about uh-huh. that. But uh, you can also email us at at askatswatradio.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
2: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT radio pass on the truth for the next generation. The Florida Georgia Truth Network heard in Amelia Island at
3: 91.3. There I was on
4: death row Guilty in the first degree Son of my
0: destiny. Hey, welcome back to SWAT Radio, Brad and Doug here on this Wednesday afternoon. Glad you tuned in, and uh, we have been working through a book called "The Discipleship Gospel: What Jesus Preached." We must follow. In fact, uh, one of the authors will be your guest tomorrow.
1: Yes, Bill uh, Hull,
0: Doctor Bill Hull, and uh, it's going to be. I'm looking forward to tuning in myself.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm glad he's going to come on. You know. Um, uh, for those people, Brad, who just might be tuning in for the first time, uh, we we've been talking about the kingdom gospel really since about May, the end of May. We've we've been working through this book, um, and and you know I've I've gotten a couple of emails. People go, "Why do you recommend a book? Why do you care about a book? We the only book we need is the Bible." Well, you know. God gives people um, an ability to write and help people understand Scripture. And I know we don't need any man; we 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 only need the Holy Spirit. But still, He uses people.
0: That's crazy.
1: And, and um, I guys like J.I. Packer, uh, A.W. Tozer,
0: Spurgeon, yeah,
1: Spurgeon. <laughs> these pastors over time, and and both these men who wrote this book are pastors who have tried to bring the biblical um i guess exposition of the kingdom uh to and put it in print in such a way to help people uh as they work through the bible and look at it just to to bring it up and so you can read a book and if that book doesn't affirm the scriptures or doesn't go along with the scriptures then disregard it but you can't just discount something because man wrote it uh because uh, he's, he's writing it to try to help people point them to scripture that's almost right. it's, it's but people have said that and so you know we've talked about the kingdom they call it and the, the title of the book is the discipleship gospel and that, but they use kingdom and discipleship interchangeably. But the reason they call it the discipleship gospel is because when you're not preaching a kingdom gospel, discipleship isn't happening. I mean, the, 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 the kingdom gospel um, is about God's kingdom and being here. When Jesus came, when, when he came to earth... Inhabited that body, he said, The kingdom is here. It's here among you. And it was Jesus of Nazareth who was the Messiah. And that's part of the kingdom gospel. His death and resurrection are part of the gospel. His call for people to repent, believe, and follow him is part of the gospel. But somewhere along the line, people started divorcing the call to follow. And then the call to repent, and it was just believe. And and a yeah. lot of people have mistaken that to just intellectual assent to the facts that Jesus died on the cross for their sin, they're sinful, and you know James addressed it. I said, listen, the demons believe, and right. they shudder. They're they're right. a, they're more closer than the people that don't shudder, right? Right. Um, and so. One part of what the book is really trying to get across is how does God's kingdom, Jesus of Nazareth being Messiah, the call to repent, believe, and follow, how does that all relate? Uh, And how how should that be presented to people? And what should that produce in people? And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look out there and see that the vast majority of people that attend what they would, you would call evangelical churches are not making disciples. They're not even sharing Christ with people, Mm -hmm. which is the first part of being a disciple. Right. So um, I, I, I know a lot of people struggle with this idea because it brings conviction, you know, and Ben and I talked about that, that, you know, we're constantly repenting for what we haven't done. We don't like to admit that. Nobody does, <laughs> right? Nobody likes to admit that maybe they haven't understood or they haven't presented well, but I think it's healthy for us. In fact, I know it's healthy for us to acknowledge our lack of um, our, our lack of understanding, maybe our lack of uh, we've just kind of taken for granted some of this stuff and we haven't done it. And boy, people get really upset, almost like you're challenging the fact that they're true believers because they believe facts. But Paul himself says, examine yourself to see if you're in the faith. Yeah. So if Paul says that, why can't we say that today? <laughs> I mean, I think I think that's a a good thing for us, don't you? I mean, like oh, to, to be a, accountable, to be thinking about that. And and discipleship is Poorly lacking, right? Oh how many, Brad? How mm-hmm. many discipleship movements have been attempted over the last twenty or thirty years? Well,
0: there's been a number of them. Uh, it seems like there have been more just recently, probably over the last ten to fifteen years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and I were part of one. Uh, Men at the Cross was a was a high emphasis on the discipleship aspect. You know, it. <clears throat> yes, you know, you had promise keepers, but. Even those were somewhat what I would call mountaintop uh, experiences. Mm-hmm. But we live in the valley most of the time, right? I mean, I can come off... It's kind of like going to camp during the summer. You know, why, why is it important that we as fathers emphasize discipleship at home? Because our kids can go off to summer camp and have a great experience, but reality kicks in at some point. Well, and that's
1: why Jesus... If you if you you know when I I really began to think about this when I was leading groups to Israel and we actually started walking where the disciples walked and realizing all the conversations that must have taken place during the time they were walking to Jerusalem from Galilee and back to Galilee mm-hmm. from Jerusalem and it wasn't the big events and no. that's why things like promise keepers or even men at the cross or Or big outreach events, those things can only expose for a moment something. It's that daily walking in fellowship with somebody who is surrendered to the kingdom of God, who wants to share with you the things they've learned and hold you accountable and help you disciple somebody else. It's that daily grind kind of thinking that is going to produce. People that produce other people that produce other people. Absolutely,
0: and when you look at your life, it's it's really the nooks and the crannies of our life where we need that man, another person, to really speak into our life. By the way, you were talking about Israel. Uh, As you know, I I was teaching yesterday on the West Side from First Kings, yeah, chapter one verses twenty-eight through forty. But I was in particular looking at. So, in light of the fact that I've been there, and i'm I'm reading this text, and it was like, okay, I'm going to go back to my notes from my trip to Israel and figure out where Enrogal is, yeah, and uh just so fascinating but but again, this is part of and I'm not just promoting a trip to Israel, although if you haven't been, you ought to go. Is it enriched my understanding of God's word? So here I am reading Old Testament First Kings, you know where David's on his deathbed, you know Adonijah's trying to take the throne, kind of do it end around his family to take the throne, and and yet we know from First Chronicles that in chapter twenty-two verse nine that God has already promised Solomon's going to be the king. And uh, anyway, this this interesting thing about uh, Enrogel... Yeah, and and then just outside of uh, David's palace, where Adonijah is, an I mean, where uh, Solomon is anointed, it's so cool. But it it goes from this understanding what the scriptures say to actually really under getting the full context of what was happening in that area
1: below the waterline.
0: Oh my word! It's yeah. just like and it it just gives you a excitement. As I was sharing with these men yesterday, the the Valley of Hinnom and the Kidron Valley and where they meet—that's where Enrogel is—and it was just so cool to kind of be a part of that. And uh, and it, in a sense, Doug, to your point, even a trip to Israel is a discipleship process for me. Yeah,
1: well, it is. It's part. Well, it's like the mission trip, to, even to Israel. I mean, to India or to the Philippines. It is. Um, it. Going and doing God's work together, mm-hmm. being doing kingdom activities together, is the thing that God uses to shape us and grow us as His disciples. You know, and we we define the gospel, Brad. Uh, over the last few weeks, we we we've talked about their definition of the gospel, and and early on we talked about the definition of a disciple. But if you've just tuned in. You know, going to Israel kind of refined my definition of a disciple, and you know, uh, in fact, it's so refined it that um, that I came back, and um, I I wrote out about, I, I tried to think about all the elements of what it meant to be a biblical disciple, and uh, and it, it based on. Um, what I learned from going to Israel about what it means to follow. And the the, the definition that that I, I wrote out, and I think this is something we all ought to do, right? We kind of put it into our own words exactly. But it's an intentional biblical discipleship is a an intentional mentoring slash shepherding relationship that fosters spiritual growth, through biblical instruction, modeling, encouragement, and accountability in community with the goal of reproducing future mentor shepherds that have a passion to know God, to proclaim his word, and train others to put his presence on display to a hurting world. And that's kind of the definition that that in in looking at, you know, uh, what a Hebrew would have understood about discipleship it's it's a community of people around the world who want to be like the rabbi. Uh, the Western mindset is just to be a learner. Mm. but it's more than that <clears throat> if if you're if you consider yourself a disciple, ask yourself the question am I reproducing future mm-hmm. disciples? If you're not, you're not truly walking in discipleship. Am I uh, re- reproducing people, that are proclaiming his word if I'm not okay I'm not really walking in discipleship am I uh, training others to put his presence on display in the world around him if I'm not I'm not really walking in biblical discipleship it doesn't mean just going to church on Sunday sitting there listening to a message
0: yeah
1: that that is so lacking for what biblical discipleship is and so and it's intentional.
0: That's why I always say, Doug. I think we're in, in America, at least we are. We're theologically obese. Yeah. We, we've got more information, but we need to get to the gym and start working. And uh, you know, I know that a lot of people don't want to hear that. You know, they yeah. like the they like the fellowship of the church, which I do too. But we're supposed to go out of the church. Yes. We're course. supposed to go out.
2: Use.
3: This is Ann Graham Lotz with the Daily Light for Daily Living. Jesus revealed in John chapter 4 verse 24 that God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. God wants us to worship him in spirit. What does that mean? It means we must be indwelt by the Holy Spirit. We must be born again. We must worship him sincerely, earnestly, with the right spirit, with the sweet spirit. We're to worship from the depths of our beings as we're continually occupied with God. But God also wants us to worship him in truth. What does that mean? It means there's no way to God, no way at all, without coming through Jesus Christ, who is the truth. We must base our relationship with him on his word, which is the truth. Listen to me, to worship God in spirit and in truth means to worship him humbly, without hypocrisy, standing open and transparent before him. Are you the kind of worshiper God wants? This is Anne Graham Lotts.
1: Expect some delays because of a crash on I-95 southbound between Emerson Street and University Boulevard. Also, there's a broken down vehicle on the West Beltway, 295 northbound before Collins Road blocking the off-ramp right lane. And there's a disabled vehicle on the East Beltway, 295 southbound at Hecksure Drive. Mostly cloudy tonight, low 77, Thursday partly sunny, high 92. From the Traffic and Weather Center, I'm AJ.
0: Welcome back to SWAT Radio. Brad and Doug here as we move through the book called The Discipleship Gospel. We're glad you tuned in. Love to have your calls at 844-777-7928. You know, Doug, before we went on the break, um, we were just talking about the importance of, well, and we really talked about it most of today, is that uh, being a disciple isn't just knowledge-based. In fact, Bill Hull says the most transformative discipleship experiences are not knowledge-based, but Mm -hmm. obedience-based. It is. I mean, and that's the thing. All throughout
1: Scripture, you see Jesus equating obedience with loving him, with trusting him, um, and believing in him. And, and so that that's why when uh, I, I was thinking about the definition that, you know, I, I just shared. And by the way, uh, thank you, James. James uh, tweeted that out for me. Um, the, the, uh, again, for those who may not be on Twitter, I want to read it one more time. Biblical discipleship is an intentional mentoring, shepherding relationship that fosters spiritual growth through biblical instruction, modeling, encouragement, and accountability in community with the goal of reproducing future mentor shepherds that have a passion, one, to know God, two, to proclaim his word, and three, train others to put his presence on display to a hurting world. Those things happen. When you talk about biblical instruction, that is God's word to us, his commands, his statutes. The, The modeling means that the the mentor or shepherd is obeying the encouragement is the exhortation for the disciple to obey and the accountability is to hold them to that by saying hey you aren't doing this yeah and so those things have to be a part And in our culture Brad the accountability very hard you right. don't see a lot of right.
0: it uh, well I'm, in the the, 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 the I hate to interrupt but the modeling aspect well every everything you mentioned there the modeling the encouraging uh, the accountability um i would say listen I, this is not discounting the word of god in fact paul told timothy he said all scriptures breathed out by god and profitable for teaching reproof correction training and righteousness that the man of god may be complete uh, i am complete by the word of God, the Spirit of God, and the men of God who've been bold enough to speak into my life. Mm-hmm. And I, I could name off five guys right now who've done that in my life. Well, and I can too, because we've been discipled. Well, and, and we've allowed people to come into that space. Yeah. I think a lot of us really <laughs> I don't know that I want him to know that about well, me. Well and,
1: and let's just face it, if we're really honest, a lot of times people avoid calls they avoid seeing you. They avoid interaction because they don't want accountability. They don't want to be uh, encouraged to do the right thing because mm-hmm. they're currently not doing the right thing. Right. And listen, the right thing doesn't necessarily mean you're off doing terrible, immoral acts. It could be
0: that you're just not doing what God wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, hey, by the way, we've got a call in. Sorry to sorry to leave you hanging there, Jim. What's going on, brother? No big
4: deal. I called and uh, just gave my big double thumbs up the other day, and I'm, I'm getting ready to walk into an appointment. But that last line that you said about theologically obese, I literally just had turned my key off on my car and I walked into this office. But uh, I, I called and I said, you know what? Just give them a message from me. They're getting ready to tread on hollowed ground <laughs> because that goodbye, stubborn belly fat, you know, the, the, there's three types of people, I think, that are believers. And It's easy to fall into it, and I confess that complacency and that comfort level, we all want it, and this is a comfort, instant gratification kind of society, but you think about it, there's three reasons you won't do it, complacent or lazy, um, ignorant. Or and this is the bad one, this is what I told uh I think it's Josh that answered the phone. I said, Don't be that C word. You know, I joked about five oh one C three. Don't make that tax exemption be a cowardly exemption and you're just afraid to go to a city council or a school board meeting. And make that mean something because look at Revelation twenty-one eight. It says, But the cowardly they're the first ones on the list going to the hot springs. Yeah. And it ain't in Arkansas. <coughs> nope. It's the sulfur hot springs. Yeah. yeah. And uh so I'm just saying it's really truly that's a. That was definitely a divine intervention right there. Whoever said that, I can't remember which one of you guys it was. But that you're right, a hundred percent right. It ain't comfy cozy, but man, we need to hear it and we need to do it.
3: Mm, yes.
0: Well, that's. I mean, I, I have a funny anyway. story, Jim. I, one. One. Uh, this was several years ago. Uh, I think my son was in my oldest son was in college. And Jim, if you saw my oldest son, he's. He's about 6'2". He doesn't have an ounce of body fat on him. He works out like a madman. And uh, one day I went to the gym with him, and I hadn't been to the gym in years. Now, what doesn't mean I wasn't doing some exercising, but he had invited me to go to the gym. And I'm looking at all this equipment, and I'm, like, blown away by all this equipment. And so I go from one machine to the next machine just reading the the notes that are on that machine and I did this for probably about 10 minutes before my son came up and said, Dad, you got to get on the machine and work out. Just, just understanding how the machine works doesn't help me. You know what I mean?
1: Well, and, yeah. and you know, the, yeah. the other thing is um, that when, when we think about discipleship in our culture, and, and we brought this up the other day, Jim, when you called, um, that, that we are, we are anemic in our culture in the area of discipleship because because if if there are disciples of jesus christ and and by the way that's the only person who can disciple he disciples you through his people Mm -hmm. right um you're not a disciple of billy graham or pick a name of some christian leader jesus disciples people he's he's who we follow right he's the one that that uh, we're trying to, Paul says, imitate me as I imitate him. And so when we look at what it means to be a disciple, why are people that call themselves followers of Jesus not telling people about Jesus? Why are they not evangelizing? Why are they not making disciples? Why, Why are they content just to sit in church on Sunday or go to a Sunday school or a small group, hear the word, have fellowship, but then go home and do not reproduce. They're sterile. 100%. 100%. Our little thing today was walk it out
4: Wednesday, and that verse, Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, we walk by faith, not by sight. A little further on in the chapter, Paul goes on, and he writes, now then we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God were pleading through us. Hmm. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. That's a heck of a heritage. We're promised, but we got to realize we get it. And then we got to move into that. Yeah. And it, be that ambassador that he's called us to be for the kingdom.
1: Well, and and everybody thinks that you have to be some super, uh, you know, nope. <laughs> superstar believer. Listen, DL Moody said, if the world is going to be reached with a gospel, I'm convinced it's going to be done by men and women of average talent. Yeah. <laughs> that means you're everyday person, and that's when you look at the disciples that Jesus picked. You know, it, it's always struck me, and they mention this in the book, when Jesus went and fasted and prayed about who he was going to select, he didn't select the the shining stars of that community. He, he selected... The rabbi rejects. They went to. They got kicked out of rabbinical school. Man, they were fishermen. <laughs> they were doing other. They were tax collectors. These were not guys that made it into the upper level of theology training, and yet that's who Jesus picked as his disciples to show the world through them. Where people in Acts four, I think, is Acts four said, man. These, these men walked with him. These, these are ordinary men doing these incredible mm-hmm. things. And so, and I love Lori sent me a, uh, a text when we're talking. It's because it was in relation to what you said, Brad, God does use men and women to, to share his word.
0: Absolutely. With people. Uh,
1: you know, we, we are the messengers of the most high God and, and, you know, that's the way he's chosen to communicate with people. And so when people disregard you as you are sharing the word with people, they're not disregarding you. They're disregarding God. That's his word for them. And, and so, uh, Amen. by the way, Jim, uh, I want to remind people, because you called us the other day, August 28th through 31st at Liberty University, uh, standingforfreedom.com. There's a pastors conference up there, the Liberty Pastors Conference. Amen. You can go up there. Yep, that's correct. And uh if you go, uh, I think uh, for I think it's for pastors it's like 99 bucks, right? You go up there and and uh, huh? yeah, they, they host you, they feed you 20 August 28th through the tw- 31st, just go to standingforfreedom.com, okay?
4: 4 days and 3 nights includes room and board and $99 a couple for pastors. Uh, Rick Green from Patriot Academy. There's a list of great folks that are going to be presenting and talking, and it's going to be a blast. But they're based on the agenda, they're going to work us, which is great. I mean, we are so excited to be going to it, and what a great opportunity. So uh, for rev- everybody else outside of uh, ministry, it's $4.99, I think, is what the cost is. But it's $99 if you want to send your pastor.
1: Um Per, per couple, $99, not that's a That's, a, piece. A, that's so. a really
0: good deal. That is a good deal. Hey,
1: Jim, again, this is Jim Crundon. Yes, sir. Carrycross.com. Uh He, he hand-carves ah, crosses. It out, no, it it's <laughs> really great. Go to carrycross.com. Tell your wife thanks for her encouraging email. Yes. And uh, well, always a pleasure to have you call in.
0: All right, Jim. Take care, brother. Hey, great job, guys. Great
1: All
0: job. Right. Keep it up. So, listen, glad you tuned in today. If you want to call in. Love getting calls like that, 844-777-7928. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back for our last segment.
2: If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. 91FM, the truth.
0: Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio. Glad you tuned in Brad's today. Brad's
1: laughing. We're, we're reliving our 60s and 70s <laughs> days of watching uh, old programs like uh, uh, the, uh, the uh, Route 66 with Marty Milner and but we were talking, black
0: and I, white. I brought up uh, – sorry, uh, Jeremy or Josh. Uh, anyway, I was, <laughs> uh, Jay, it's all – but I was thinking about Flip Wilson. when uh, uh, Our listeners – I don't know. I'm sure there's a lot of listeners – who remember Flip Wilson but he used to have this line something like well, you can call me JJ <laughs> Well they the, <laughs> we'll just call you JJ Hey the series I was thinking
1: of was called Adam 12 one Adam 12 one Adam 12 Was that the it name was, of Yeah it, it was called Adam 12 uh and it had uh it had uh <laughs> Pete Malloy and
0: Jim Reed uh so Well um, I remember Emergency uh wasn't Emergency the fire part of it adam 12 was they no were the there was an officer. emergency
1: but adam 12 was the yeah. name of the police show and i think you remember back then all these shows would spawn out of oh them. yeah
0: yeah but i re- i think it was emergent so i'll have to look that up where you know it's squad 51 squad 51 yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all these all, and Laughing and hollywood squares uh these shows that would come hey listen you know, Doug, when you and I were growing, there's only three channels. Yeah, and, and, and well, do you remember? I had about, two.
1: At first, it was just <laughs> one main channel, and then UHF. You could go to the UHF. Well,
0: that's if thing. you had a good clothes hanger to tie in, right? Remember? Yeah, yeah. You had the aluminum foil on the end of your clothes hanger. Three channels. I think. Yeah, it was NBC, ABC, CBS. And then you had Channel Thirty Nine, which was what was it? U UHF or uh, UHF UHF
1: yeah. and VHF. You could if you rotated, it, it would do one, and then you got it a little further to do another one. But anyway, hey, I want to get back to this. They say we in, digress. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, he says in the book Bill Hull does that the chances of discipleship breaking out in a church a revolution is extremely low if the pastor is not preaching the discipleship or kingdom gospel and making disciples if he's not doing it if the elders aren't doing it then he says it's like this old saying a mist in the pulpit is a fog in the pews and and if it ain't happening from up front you can rest assured it ain't going to be happening very much as a movement in the body. And he, and we talked about this yesterday, or you did. I, I don't know if y'all got into it that much, but we you and I talked about um, the fourth soil kind yeah. of people. Yep. These are people who hear God's Word, put it into practice, and then multiply 30, 60, and 100-fold. And again, the fourth soil people, it's not necessarily the most talented people, it's not the people that wow you, that go, wow. You know, and, and we're kind of, it's funny, we're kind of tainted that way. We we think if we get a celebrity in the church, mm. uh, somebody of high influence, they're going to be the best person to disciple. And
0: Think about that. I mean, think about how that discounts the power of the gospel. Yes. Basically, what you're saying is, man, we need a really sharp, famous person to come in here because it will validate the gospel yeah well no i think what that will do was we'll draw false converts
1: well yeah they're gonna well they're they're gonna be more influenced by the fact that this famous person is now a believer and they're going to be more probably infatuated than them but you know i think of what paul said he said in in first corinthians 2 when i came to you brothers I did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom, for I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and much trembling. And my speech and my message were not implausible words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but the power of God. And so... They, they tell us in the book, pray for people who love Jesus, who obey Jesus, and want to be discipled.
0: Yeah.
1: <clears throat> I mean, that, that oh, really absolutely. is, that's the fourth soil kind of person you're looking for. Yeah. Somebody who loves Jesus, who obeys Jesus, and who wants to be discipled. Mm-hmm. If you're having to chase somebody down... <laughs> Because they keep avoiding you because oh there he goes again he's trying to get me in this discipleship relationship that's probably not the person at m- least m- at that moment yeah. that you want to be investing in yeah
0: and that doesn't mean you don't stay with them you know no. I can think of a number of guys I am sure over the years you've had that those guys in your life that you've met with periodically mm-hmm. then there's those guys that want to meet every week yeah those are the guys we really those are the fourth soilers you know when you think about the fourth soil you know what comes to my mind what's that is a fertile heart a a heart that has been tilled and and that's what makes the the seed grow i mean that's what allows that seed to get down into the soil
1: yes and you can't do that on your own god has to till that soil you know he also mentions um i think it's greg ogden in his book transforming discipleship uh talks talks about um i think it's there it, it might be in their book um they talk about the discipleship funnel where yes. the big mass group and then the 72 that followed jesus and there was the 12 and then there was the three and the three based upon the experience of going over to israel And following and learning about how the rabbis led tend to lead me to believe, Brad, that the three were not chosen because he chose the three. The three were chosen because they were the fourth soils that were hanging onto his feet. Whenever they were walking, some of the paths, you had to be right up next to him, but you couldn't be—it wasn't 12 walking abreast— they were walking in line and who were the ones that always probably were there peter james and john peter james and john peter james and john and andrew and so um and you know if um i'm trying to real quick i want to look at something in john uh, about that because he mentions uh john four and i want to just because he talks about ultimately the one um john four seven is that right
0: John four John
1: four seven. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I was trying to under. I, I, I don't. I'm going to ask him tomorrow why he means that when he talks about the discipleship funnel because I I'm not really. Do you follow that? How I understand how he gets down to the three, but the one is the woman at the well, you know. Mm-hmm. And so I'm. I'll ask him. Yeah, I'll ask him tomorrow <clears throat> about that. But. Um, you know, when you think about investing your time and discipleship, um, you really need to be wise about who you invest
0: in. Well, and I, I, David and I talked about this yesterday, I think in relation to John four, seven, where it says that a woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Obviously it's a great text. I think the emphasis on, is on God's going to bring individual people into our life
3: mm-hmm. uh,
0: to speak to. There's nobody else around. It's just Jesus and the woman. Remember, his his disciples had gone to buy some supplies, mm-hmm. and uh, this is Jesus and the Samaritan woman. And, and just for what it's worth, uh, I don't recommend men discipling women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, we're not yeah. Jesus. Yeah. So just careful on that one.
1: Yeah, well, yeah, you be very careful. I would highly discourage that as well. Um, well, again, Brad, tomorrow we're going to have Bill Hull on, who was one of the writers and uh, of this. And, you know, they, they make a comment in here uh, about uh, Robert Coleman. I had the opportunity to uh, spend some time with Robert Coleman, both in Chicago and at Amsterdam 2000. Man, he was such um, he was just such a uh a, a, a disciple maker. He wrote a book called The Master Plan of Evangelism. And if you read it, you go, wow, he's talking about discipleship. <laughs> and and so you, you know, they ask in this book, why do they have why does he have uh the word evangelism in the title—if it's really about discipleship—but it's not. He says, "Dr. Coleman recognized that discipleship is evangelism." Yep. <clears throat> right. I mean, like, um, it 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 goes through and talks about how Jesus evangelized, and basically, he was making disciples. And we we have focused in on. A presentation of facts instead of a process of discipling people.
0: Yeah. Well, I like what Scott McKnight says. He says, Evangelism that aims at discipleship slows down to offer the full gospel of Jesus. That's a powerful statement. And I think to your point, and David Gray and I'll kind of work through this on Friday. is we're going to look at this idea of discipleship is evangelism. I mean, Bill Hull says the Gospels were written for the purpose of discipleship Mm. so that we could learn what the Gospel is, what it means to be a disciple, and how to make disciples. Mm. That's what he says the Gospels were written for.
1: Yeah. 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 Hey, Lori, by the way, just texted me. Um and said um Lori says not just discouraged uh titus says men do men women do women yep she says if you think you're the exception do so to your own peril yeah that's true yes how, how, how many how many uh pastors or leaders have been disqualified for violating
0: that, that Listen, principle? Uh, sadly I, I know a few myself and uh the only women I've ever I've ever discipled is my wife and my daughters.
1: Yep. And and here's what you do, and I know you probably do this. If you meet a woman that needs to be discipled, introduce your wife to yes, her. And absolutely. if you don't have a wife, find a guy that's got a wife and get
0: them introduced. Yep. So yep. Hey, glad you tuned in today. Bill Can't Hull, Hull tomorrow. Bill Hole yep. tomorrow. David Gray and I'll be back on Friday. Glad you tuned in. SwatRadio.com. Go check it out. Download the app and uh, join us tomorrow. Hey, Brad. Listen, next
1: week, Tommy Nelson on Wednesday. Yes, it's a replay of our best programs, and we're going to replay Bill Hull and Ben Sobel, so you get a chance to hear it again. Good so deal. great stuff. So uh, thanks.
0: Enjoyed it. Yeah.
1: Right, take care.